It's the second week of deer camp. And, and all, all the guys, guys are here. here. We drink and smoke. We shoot the camp. We shoot the bull, but we don't shoot no deer. <laughs> Wait, what's that? Is that the yeah, they're different That's courses? The Youpers. Yeah, well, oh, there's a couple different courses. Yeah, it's yeah. like it, we drink and smoke. There's so many dumb songs about eat, deer camp, but never shoot no deer. I just, I just like we shoot the camp, we shoot the bull, but we don't shoot no deer. <laughs> shoot the camp, just out there hammering deers, firing <laughs> shots through the windows. Oh my gosh! Well, hey, welcome back to episode 29, I believe, of <laughs> Double Check. Uh, 29 of failure at its finest hour. Um, Tony is MIA tonight. It's another hostile takeover by a couple boys in camel and hunters orange yeah. because tomorrow, uh, when this episode will air actually will be Thursday. So you hunters that are listening who are on your probably second be a federal day, holiday tomorrow, your second day of, um, oh, no, I can get the day off on opening day. Don't oh, I? Most schools do Carney and Stevenson schools are closed. They actually really they just shut her down because nobody's there. Yeah, well, dude, they have like thirty kids per class, so it's like just don't fucking come because no one's coming anyways. <laughs> so this uh, for you hunters out there listening to this, hopefully you downloaded the episode uh, while you had some cell service. But this would be the second, uh, excuse me, the third day of deer camp. Opening day um, is tomorrow, which we are recording on the fourteenth, and we're gonna start off this episode. And I'm going to read an excerpt from the Legendary Legendary Whitetails Living Legendary uh, blog by Sam Ubel. And I'm going to read this straight up. So Spotify guy who's sweaty in, in a basement, this one's for you. Um, we cited it. Leave us alone. All right, here we go. The tradition of deer camp. Vacation days are put in at the beginning of each year with anticipation building for the next cup of Grandpa's Joe and maybe a shot at the big one Uncle Scott missed last year. Small towns close school the day before opener, and sales for hot hands and propane soar. Gas stations staff up for the big push, and supermarket delis are fully stocked to supply the masses. Step outside the eve before opening day and draw a deep breath. The smell of burning log fires infuse the air from chimneys of nearby deer camps around each bend over the next hill and across the way. Deer camp is more than a place. It's a tra tradition with generations of history in the making. The story of Uncle Jack shooting a doe from the hip never gets old. That dusty bottle of peach schnapps hasn't moved since he took his last pull. Big John's triple extra large orange parka has hugged the same bedpost since the season before his heart attack. No one moves it and no one complains. A broken aluminum arrow shaft with a two blade broadhead rests across the rack of a small buck cousin Nick took years ago when tree bark camo looked like tree bark and big bucks meant big bodies. <laughs> so that's just the intro and I can read another excerpt later, but it honestly wow. like, gave me chills when I read it just now. And it gave me chills earlier when I read it. And so I made me emotional. I had to, it, it does. It, it definitely pulls on the heartstrings a little bit. And I know that, mm -hmm. We've all got some, maybe not necessarily, you know, a couple of us have some memories of deer camp, but just going deer hunting in general is a big time tradition in the UP. And we're glad to welcome and usher in um, a, a hunting another episode. Another beautiful rifle season. Another yeah. beautiful rifle season, which is laden with snow on, up in the UP. So hopefully yeah. those big bucks. Getting a good, this is the fucking perfect night for deer season opener in the UP right now. At least yep. in Manistique. Oh, yeah. I know the Blaze Army is going to be sitting early. It's snowing right now. The bucks are moving. Yeah. 
it's gonna plus be, it's uh, easier to track when there's a little bit of snow on the yeah well, especially yeah. when it's like this fresh like wet snow yep leaves nice good tracks under on top of the leaves underneath oh yeah. man my, i wish i was going hunting tomorrow i know i uh my hunting my hunting spot fell through actually um shout out to evan dulac my good buddy who i see very seldom but when i do it's always a an incredible time he uh we're gonna go up to his grand folks place and and uh three of us actually four of us were gonna go hunting but his uncle uh sadly passed so my condolences oh to, man to evan and uh you know we'll get him next Same. year so but my dad and my brother my dad's actually on his way to manistique because um uh, where chris lives uh doxed doxed yeah thanks <laughs> um but anyways uh my dad's on his way to manistique um to go and hunt with one of his his uh trap shooting buddies that he competes with and so nice he, he said he's gonna if he shoots one there he's gonna leave it for a processor and i'm gonna have to come and pick it up so chris i'll probably be swinging through your neck of the woods if my dad yeah you better not let me pick it up because there might be some <laughs> fucking back straps missing yeah no i will uh i will definitely uh give you give you meat well, for uh for a, a well, nice if he's listening good luck steve at the old yeah. shiner in for sure yeah i like my i like my venison cubed <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure uh I'm sure they'll have, they always do good on grouse out there. That's that secret spot that I was trying to tell you about. Mm. I was trying to get my dad, mm. me, and, me and you go, but. Son of a uh, bitch. You, you didn't <laughs> say it was a secret spot. Yeah. He's got him and my dad went out and limited out. They got, he's got Mother like a. Fucker. He's got like a, you know, like a razor or something like that. And just keeps, keeps the gun and the, the bag on the back. So yeah. They like do fish in the barrel. Awesome. Yeah. So <clears throat> anyways. <of> bitch. <laughs> uh, uh, I got late season still. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but that's that's actually another that's an interesting story too. My dad is notorious and he I think he did this with his brothers. So like my grandpa had a deer camp when he owned the bar up in Ontonagon. He used to own Roxy's. It was called Max Bar. Really? That's actually no yeah, idea. that's that's actually what the hat I'm wearing is they called it Dirty Dick Saloon. My my grandfather's name was Richard, for the listeners who don't know. And Richard uh, is Dirty Dick. <laughs> Yep, and that's that's I don't know where he got it. I don't know where he got the nickname from, but we'll just we'll just let that uh rest with him easy in his grave. Um but anyways, um he had a camp up there. My dad and a few of his brothers used to hunt up there and man, they used to I mean, the pictures that I have of them in the snow is ridiculous. Deer season used to really? be wild back in the day, especially down mm. on you get down in the Norwich. My dad would always take me to camp every year and we would we would just he said you he would point out he's like oh yeah this camp is here this camp is here this used to be lined with cars and now nobody comes up there there's been a, a mm. big slump you know the chronic wasting disease and um, yeah whatever that other thing yep. was so but it, there's still, a lot of different things that have contributed to that but yeah someone it, it, i think a lot of it has to do with just like um like the culture too um yeah, i was about to say that um but like even my old boss at my propane job said that during like deer season, you'd be scrambling to get to these guys camps before opening day. Yeah. And like on like the day before, like, like today, us two northbound would just be solid pickups all the way. Everybody coming up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I kind of blaze army. I kind of miss that. Um, you know, back in college, I used to be able to come up to, um, 
to you know for thanksgiving and stuff and i would see guys coming back down state with a loaded up you know deer on the on mm-hmm. the roof you know they had topper and everything just packed full of shit and then the, mm-hmm. the you know bloody deer hanging off the side and it was just yeah. like that and it's fucking feeling. spoiled by the time you get back and you're like <laughs> fuck i love hunting yeah no way dude it's so it's so cold in michigan this time True. of year of course True. down here it was like 70 degrees last week and now they say you're supposed to let the deer hang for like 21 days before you actually cut it up like yeah, you let, let all, it cure let all the let all the blood out and mm-hmm. let it sit <clears throat> yeah but, I forget. No. There's, there's a bunch of tips and tricks definitely got to skin it as soon I mean, as yeah, if your garage is sitting at you know 30 degrees I'm not right. go. if it's cold or even lower i just don't think i could hang mine in my fucking backyard i'd hang it the, the, that night and the next day the cats would be all over it <laughs> yeah you gotta be <laughs> Big cat problem. And a neighborhood kid just like poking it and stuff. <laughs> There's fucking like airsoft babies shit. lodged in the skin. Like, what the fuck some, is it? Some, some ass, some like 16 year old assholes will like put firecrackers in it. Oh, they so, TP'd yeah. my fucking deer. Um, so, deer camp is a tried and true tradition up in the UP. And there's actually like, there's a really cool story online. Um, and it's by this guy, Richard uh, McMurheisen. Um, and his grand that's a made up name his dad no it's not his his dad or his grandpa Wes made this little video that um, he it was like a, essentially like a slideshow video that's narrated it's on YouTube if you uh, go on YouTube and type in Michigan deer country rocking chair camp um, you mm. can find oh, yeah. that video and it's really interesting it's a slideshow like I said that's narrated um, but they're all pictures and I'll give you the quick the quick story here so it's called the rocking chair camp and it's actually on the way out to to our deer camp or my dad, my brother going hunting um, after he hunts uh, in Manistique and camp span, they hunted at it for 40 years. They started in 1937 and they, there are a couple, there are like five, six guys from Holland and uh, they did a bunch of research and they set, they found that Ontonagon County was the place to go deer hunting. And so they would take, hmm. they would drive up to the Straits of Mackinac and this is in 37, 20 years before the opening of the Mackinac Bridge. So they would take the ferry across. And wow. so they said that eventually for deer hunting UP, the, the lines were you'd have to just wait for hours and hours and hours to get on a ferry to go across the Straits of Mackinac. Mm. And they got to um, a little, a little uh, a shop. They went to a... Um, I guess it was the DNR conservation officer post. They gave him a map of the area and they said, this is where you can hunt. And they told them not to get lost. And they were told by the locals at a gas station that there were so many deer that they should drive with their headlights on during the daytime. So, <laughs> wow. And then their first year in 1937, when they went up, they pitched a canvas tent and they hunted as hard as they could. And it snowed, the snow was up to their knees and they were sleeping on straw mattresses. And that's how they started. So, um, really cool little mini, it's almost like a little documentary, but it's, like I said, it's a vintage, like slideshow. Um, and they, these guys are from Holland. Um, and eventually they built a tar paper shack, which I don't even know how that insulated or what a tar paper shack. is. It didn't, you just want, you just run the wood stove 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. Just apparently tar paper and studs, uh, mm-hmm. which, and they got those studs from the UN lumber company. Um, but, uh, one, one interesting fact from that story is that, they in 1968 um years after the the tar paper shack they had built a new um red building 
that is still there and i drive past it when we go to camp with my dad but mm. in, in 68 um they shot their biggest buck which was um they drove it back down to holland after they dressed it out and hunted the, the the 10 days of deer camp that they would hunt every year and it was uh it weighed in at 237 pounds the goddamn Press. moose yeah, and when they waited at camp, it was like two hundred forty something. But obviously, uh, the rest of the blood and everything out of there, which is which is pretty insane. And some of the pictures of these these guys' buck poles, they had they had a year where there was eleven guys out there, and they all had like an eight pointer plus, and they're all just massive, thick in the neck, just big two hundred pound plus deer. It was insane. Wow. So it's it's interesting seeing that story. My my uncle Bob posts it like every year, every other year on Facebook and um yeah it's crazy driving past that camp and not even you see all these run down and youpers you know what the norwich road is it's a long winding barely plowed road and it's full of deer camps and you and i've always wondered i drive by them you know every year for the past 20 years and as you know i guess not the recent years but for the past 20 years and i just see those camps and wonder you know what the stories were and seeing the names posted yeah. on the on the yeah above the front door i've i've always 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 wanted to do like some sort of like deer camp tour where you actually go with like a camera or just like a, a recorder and just sit down and have conversations at different camps Get the and history. talk to some of these old like 80 year old guys you mm-hmm. know who built the camp years and years ago yeah there's and, a lot of uh incredible incredible stories there and i i know back in the day when we would go to camp my uh, grandpa and his buddies would know the guys in the surrounding camps and we go stop in and see how they're doing and, and that stuff. Yeah. And it's always, always a good time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So- that's like my, my, the deer camp experience, like when you're, it's like a community really. Yeah. Like at least for our camp, like you'd go to camp for, I don't know, say you had the weekend, like opening day was on the weekend or something or during the week, you'd take Thursday to Monday you do four days of hunting and that first day like you just like is just all preparing you know you're going you're going to the grocery store you're loading up coolers like the like that poem said the fucking deli you're getting the summer sausage yeah you're getting the steak for the chili just cholesterol yeah salt sodium 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 just (laughs) hot dogs brats beers beans you know yeah we got to get a camp together the four of us i know we got to build one and get out there get out there we gotta build one get after it buy a small plot of land and once dylan retires i'll be like almost 40 that means my <laughs> oldest kid my oldest kid will be like 18 and then it's deer so it's, then it's deer time yeah then it's deer Boys. camp time we can build one man i <laughs> would love that and I know, my, sweet. I know if my dad listens to this, he's probably going to be knocking himself because we had a camp that slept like 12. Yeah. My, oh, well. Pro- property taxes and UN and all this yeah. stuff. And Well, that's the thing. The is our family is doing the same thing. We lost our camp and I'll never forget it. Like the memories we had. I mean, we spent like years, like my, my uncle and my dad, my dad and my uncles and my grandpa, they spent years taking down barns and saving wood collecting shit from the mill railroad companies like the ties and shit yep. and then they bought this property and I, like i was young at the time so i didn't like really realize what they were doing yeah. and then they 
and then I got older and they had clear cutted it and made like trails into it. And then finally, I think I was maybe like 11 or 12, they started building and I was helping them build the camp. And we spent a good couple of years there hunting and making memories and all that shit. But after, after the mill closed down, it kind of, kind of fizzled that out. Yeah. You know, was that like 2008? Yeah. Eight was, yeah, that was the whole, <clears throat> the start of the shit storm that dissolved the Smurfit stone, uh, paper mill in Ontonagon. But, yeah. Aaron, have you been out? You've been out to that camp before, hey? I've been out there a couple of times. Yeah. I think we went inside once. We saw the lean to by the fire, by the fireplace, like by the um, <laughs> outdoor thing you guys that had. That was built. That was built at night during while the fire was going. You're like, it's fucking cold out here. We should put a <laughs> lean to up around here so it'll reflect the, reflect the fire. And all of a sudden, they just take all the sheet metal and build a lean to. <laughs> That's awesome. Just incredible deer, deer, uh, deer camp stories. I've got one. After, yeah. uh, I'm going to read another uh, segment of this. Uh, Sam Ubel's uh, on white legendary white tales, the tradition of deer camp. Um, keep deer camp alive. The tradition of deer camp has grown roots across much of the upper Midwest, but a tree only grows if it gets water and light is cast upon it. As generations come and go, the legacies they leave behind influence new stories and inherited tradition. If you let the tradition die with the loss of members who carry them, the leaves will fall from the tree and its roots will dry up and wither away. My grandpa, Tony Ubel, made his first corn beef, made the finest corned beef. He'd make a couple of roasts before opening weekend, slice them against the grain a quarter inch thick and serve it cold every opening day after the morning sit. As the, as the family would return back to the shack, the corned beef would be gone before the air had time to touch it. Tony, <laughs> Tony slipped on a snow-covered log and hurt his shoulder... While still hunting his way back to the shack one morning, the fall reminded him of his age, and Tony decided it would be the last week in a deer camp. It wasn't a decision he let he let be heard. He just didn't show up the following year. The corned beef everyone loved so much was sorely missed, but not as much as Tony. Deer camp is something to look forward to. It's something everyone can count on. Friends and family come together for more than the hunt. They do it for the camaraderie of doing something different than the everyday norm. It's the stories retold year after year, mom's chili and grandma's cookies. It's the pile of ladybugs swept outside next to the shoe rug and the stinky <laughs> outhouses that accounts for more jokes than anyone can keep track of. Oh, the shit pile. So it's, uh, <clears throat> man, and uh, like I said, that's an excerpt out of uh, Legendary White Tales website, Living Legendary blog, The Tradition of Deer Camp by Sam Ubel. And that, I mean... Just incredible writing overall, but it really encapsulates the feeling of, of deer camp or just deer mm -hmm. hunting in general. That first well, morning the... is just like you're, you're, you're anticipating you're, the anticipation that you feel to the point of like anxiety. You're just you're like, waiting for that crunch. Exactly. You know? You're so you're so amped to be out there. Oh. And, and it's just like, but it's also, you know, like a time of reflection and a time to slow down, disconnect, you know, before the world of cell phones is when we have all been out hunting. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, a, you know, I, I crave it. And I am really bummed that I guess I probably could throw something together for this weekend or the second weekend, uh, Thanksgiving, but it's going to be There's hard a chance. I, I could start there. baiting the spot. I could start I'd, baiting the spot on state I'd have land. to go down and uh, get my get my shotgun and, and just 
because I'm below the rifle line here. So for uh, those of you who don't don't know, there is a line that is drawn across Lower Michigan, and you cannot use a rifle when you're below that line. And I'm currently crazy. below that line. So yeah, but, you know, and I was gonna say like that <clears throat> that last part. If like for for the people who are listening that aren't like into hunting, I get it. I get that you're not like if you don't like killing animals, fine. But the whole like for at least in the UP or where we're from or even the Midwest, I think the experience is more a tradition too of just being with your family or like this group of people that you've been spending years building this thing and doing together. And it's really cool when you think about it, like you kind of just shut all your shit off. You go out to the woods for a couple days and you just reset. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people, I mean, there's in that article that I was reading, they mentioned there's a guy who's like not that serious about hunting, but he's serious about his family and he's serious about tradition. Mm -hmm. He shows up every year and, you know, he helps, you know, in, in that, um, the other story that I talked about the, the rocking chair camp, they, they ate every meal together. They waited till the guys got in and, you know, had lunch together and then waited for the evening sit and, you know, everybody helped clean dishes and it was just, yeah. it's it. And it, nobody had to tell anybody to do anything. They just did it. They just jumped in. And that was, that was their song and dance for the, you know, that 10 days out of the year. Which yeah. It's truly yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's like a, it's a weird primalism thing, like kind of like a primal thing that happens where you're like these people, like you lay into this like re- tradition routine yeah. thing. Like our camp too, is like you lay into these roles. Like my dad was the camp chef. Mm-hmm. And my grandpa like always had the fire going or was working on the road or digging ditches <laughs> to drain water. Yeah. And if yeah. you said you were bored, you were either going to go shoot chipmunks or help dig ditches in the road to drain water. You know, <laughs> oh, man. it's cool. Deer camps. It's a cool thing. It's, it's, it's hunting camp. Really. I wish, I wish the next camp that I do has more of like a fishing focused yeah. aspect to it too like a trout camp or something yeah and i've heard of, of a fair amount of those from um from all the- over the fox river yep that and um what's that river the sleepy yep oh yeah yeah and that's kind of a big uh oh i hear the ambalam is that at your house yeah there's always a riffraff going on around here aaron lives in the hood by the way you live in the in the cut <laughs> not, for real it's not quite the hood Dude, that one, that first night I stayed at your house, I watched a guy with a boot on his leg hobble up to a car like a block away and do a drug deal and hop back. (laughs) It's not that bad. (laughs) Don't bring my parents out. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) You're good. good. Oh, God. That's anybody. Anybody Um, sees. Actually, the first week I spent in this, and maybe the listeners enjoy this story. First week I spent in this house. Uh, both all my roommates were gone and I was I was trying to go to bed and I heard a knock on my window and my my I had the 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 room closest to the road in the front mm-hmm. door and I heard a knock on my window and I was like you got to be kidding me you know before that before living here in Grand Rapids I lived in Big Rapids which is like Marquette for Lavore Peninsula it's oh, okay. a lot of rednecks whatever so people kind of leave you alone but I heard this knock on my window and I'm like already so I grabbed I got like a like a boy's axe, like a sixteen inch handle, and I, and I and I walk out on the front porch, and there's this guy 
and he sees the axe and he's like he cowered he's like he's like hey man i live upstairs i lock myself <laughs> out yeah and i was just like and he's like my name's joe i live upstairs and it ended up being cool i let him into his oh, that's funny. i let him into the front door and he went up to his apartment but um yeah the the woods the woods just, and me was deep that day i was just I was the axe in the hand i was definitely uh a little more gung-ho than i should have been people down well, here handguns yeah yeah well you never fucking know aaron with an axe in his hands he's had a couple opportunities i still have a throw i was saying you never know it could have been like a fucking crackhead Oh yeah, yeah, true. I still, have, I still have Some a drunk bastard. A throwing a throwing axe in my uh in the uh door compartment of my Could you imagine like ex girlfriend? Yeah. Could you imagine actually defending yourself with a blade though? It'd be so freaking violent. <sighs> so metal. <laughs> oh dude. Yeah. I uh and now since I've just retreated to to staying in my house and letting those knocks go unanswered. Yeah. <laughs> I never answer the door. But uh, ever <laughs> back to the no back back, to deer camp yeah i um Um, what do you got chris no go ahead i uh the one i mean there's there's tons of stories from when i was a kid when i didn't even hunt and i would just go and stay at night uh, with my dad and my grandpa and his friends yeah and that's how it started for me too and it was just it was obscene like my mom would make my mom would make a bunch of pasties send my dad out there with them she'd make cookies there was a ton of um one year this guy brought a bunch of like lake perch that he had caught did a perch fry and it was just like plates and plates and plates of food i mean ate like eight guys were eating out there huh yeah and i mean it was just like my grandpa would make us we just had a pot of chili for like six days (laughs) my grandpa would make his bar chili i mean it was no like and i remember working at pat's foods which all of us did uh in our hometown Mm -hmm. and I remember seeing like the deer hunting crowd come in and, and like, yeah. Oh my gosh. It was just obscene. The amount of shit that they would buy. <laughs> and and at that store, they were spending like six, $700 on oh, food. Dude. It was so expensive. You're talking $28. Probably, probably like, yeah. A couple of steaks and like a, a 12 pack of diet Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going big. <laughs> and yeah, like a gotta, pound of chicken. For those of and you deer. Fucking, <laughs> Rotisserie chicken. For for those for those listeners that live in the Lower Peninsula, Wisconsin, or Illinois, and if you're going up to the UP to hunt, you have a camp up there. Buy your groceries before you come into the state. Do not buy groceries (laughs) in the UP. Oh my gosh! Or if you do, bring Vaseline. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Um, We should get into first deer kills, though. Um, Chris, Chris, you got you got you got one locked and loaded. Yeah, I have a good deer kill, actually. My one and only kill is a pretty good one. I don't remember how old I was. I think I was like 15. I couldn't drive yet. But I was. my dad was letting me drive out of camp and shit on the dirt roads. Yeah. So I must have been 15. But um, basically, every time I go hunting, I when I was a kid, I would get bored and come back to camp early for lunch i'd come back at like 11 and just start fucking around at the camp because my dad usually wasn't hunting he was usually at the camp cleaning or cooking so i went to the camp and was hanging out with my dad and i don't know why we were whispering like we were muttering to each other because scott's blind was like maybe 100 blinds up in the woods 100 yards not 100 blinds 100 yards up in the woods and then jake's blind was 
you know, they're all, we only had like seven acres. So we kind of kept it tight. Shoot over, um, shoot over the property line and hope it stumbles out of the property yeah. line. <laughs> well, most of uh, the other was paper company, which was public land, state land that they sold or gave to public auction. And um, so Jake was on that, but regardless, we were all close. So I started a fire out in the, in the fire pit outside by the, we had a trailer. We hadn't built the camp by now. We had like this big aluminum. We called it the turd, like an aluminum fucking modular home that we dragged in there. Was it, was it actually and, brown? Was it actually brown? Yeah, it was a big brown aluminum trailer, <laughs> like a like a like the ones you see on construction sites and shit. Yeah, Doopy gave it to us. Got it for two hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, John Doopy said if we pull it off his property, it's ours, and it was fucking crazy getting it off of his property. It was crazy getting it into our property too like multiple vehicles stuck and shit well yeah taking it back to the tricky trails ain't very Mm -hmm. yeah it was like two trucks two trucks a jeep and a come along and then it got into the property but anyways i'm starting the fire and i'm throwing a a hatchet at the tree just sticking into the tree or missing the tree and it's bouncing behind the trailer so i go grab it so i hit the tree and then i throw it and it bounces behind the trailer and I pick it up, and as I look up, there's a five-pointer looking at me. Just like a young, healthy buck. Yeah. Not big. Just just a, a fi- just a five-point, like just getting into that past the back. Well, I called it – I always called it a six, but it was really a five. Mm-hmm. It was barely a point. <clears throat> but um, it was like a 150, so not a bad buck. And um, I was looking at him, and he's looking at me. And then he puts his head back down, and he's sniffing sniffing the ground because he's rotten so i run i pick up the hatch and i run to the camper and i'm like dad there's a, there's a deer outside he's behind the camper and he's like shut up and then he looks out the window and he's like he kind of like laughs but he's like whispering he's like holy fuck get the rifle <laughs> and like i get the 30 odd six to break action single shot crack it open i'm like where's the bullets and there's a we have like a green aluminum ammo can like an old shitty one yeah and like he goes to grab it and he kicks it and it slides across across the trailer <laughs> fucking bounces on the wall shells like it was comical it was theatrical yeah. like the fucking shells flew out of it and fucking fumbles around jams it in the chamber cracks it shut and by then this horny buck was so oblivious to everything that was happening the fire the noise the pandemonium Young and that dumb. he had just sniffed sniffed his way in front of the trailer like like the front door opened we had a makeshift porch and he was head down by the fire pit so then my dad's like aiming the rifle at the deer and then he looks at me and hands it to me and i'm like Ugh. he's like just fucking do it just shoot the fucking deer I'm like, okay <laughs> so like, like, aim broadside up. and like the muzzle is like barely past the door of the trailer it's probably illegal i don't fucking care but wow it's like he's ringing deer it dropped him deer did like a somersault really just dropped him like a bad habit so it was a clean kill i think i hit him in the lungs or the heart dang that's awesome i felt bad though as a kid yeah it's weird (laughs) it's no it's weird though and and a lot of weird feeling a lot of people don't don't understand that they think you know for those listeners that think it's cruel uh also thank you for listening this far (laughs) if i'm explaining this but 
I will say that, you know, I think it was like Bear Grylls or something like that, who's kind of a hack, but, um, or no, it wasn't Bear Grylls. Maybe it was Steve Rinella, who's not a hack. He mentioned that. Definitely um, not a hack. He, he mentioned that, like, when you go out and you hunt and you, you feel that when you pull the trigger and you watch the life leave that animal's eyes, um, yes, it's visceral. Yes, it's emotional. But you're also taking on that weight yourself. You're you're electing to have that feeling versus if you go and buy, you know, there's people, there's rich folks that love to go down to the grocery store and buy some wild shot elk and all this shit. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea, A, the work that goes into it, but B, the which is more important, the feeling that you have when you you take that, especially the first one. The first one is always like, you know, it's just the heart racing, yeah. you know. But, you know, you, you really feel that and you don't, you understand, you know, the full life cycle. And there's a ton of other podcasts that talk about this and hunting shows. They talk about how um, that the life cycle of that, of that animal, which is probably going to die of starvation or getting hit by a truck that's going to kill a family of four. Like, yeah. it, that's it's, damaging the corn that you're buying at the store anyways. Yes. So and shut the it, fuck up. You know? It's, it's, exa- it's exactly <laughs> that. And, and that's a more, uh, uh, I guess, brutal way to describe it. But it is true. And um, for those who haven't hunted, I mean, I would say just go on a hunt. Whether or not you're going to shoot anything, your friends are probably going to love it and shoot something. And, you know, they'll describe the same feeling to you. It's, it's really weird and universal. You have that, yeah. whether or not you'll admit it or not, you have that feeling, especially as a young person uh, going out and hunting. So, um, I guess I didn't mean shut the fuck up about it either. <laughs> I just meant like, um, it's just, uh, it's just really like, if you think about it, like you, you can't be anti hunting, but also buy store bought yeah. meat. Cause you are, shit. you are vicariously killing that animal. Mm-hmm. When you go out and buy a pound of ground beef, you, you, you paid the price on that on that piece of cattle. You you paid the the debt. Some of people that thing. so so I under, so I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like obviously yeah. I don't have a problem with it, but um some people like understand that, but they still don't want to like kill the animal themselves. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Like, sure. But they're like but they're like, yeah, I respect it and all that shit too. Like definitely yeah. that's like another way to look at it. Like, for example, like Kelly can't like she would never be able to fucking kill anything like that. Yeah. But True. You know, she fucking eats, you know, a shit ton of meat. Like, yeah, she respects yeah. it. And I yeah. would say, let me something say this. like that too. And not, not everyone can like cap- is capable. It's not even like a big deal. Like capable of like, you know, shooting a fucking a living thing. Yeah. yeah dude, I haven't like, killed some one people. Since it's a bigger deal. And some people it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, not- same thing with fishing too. Like, oh yeah. You know, you're going fishing, you're going to kill that fish, you're going to fucking slice her up, and you're going to throw her on the, the in the grease, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm a pretty big catch and release fisherman, actually. Well, and, yeah, bass and shit. But no, know? I know what you, I get what you mean, Dylan, and you make a good point because it's been, what, I'm 27, could be 27 now. I haven't killed a deer in 12 years. Oh, and I also cool. haven't really dedicated myself to uh, to hunting a deer like i've done it a little bit but i haven't like desired and i also haven't really thought about actually killing one well i have yeah but there's there is a certain responsibility you have to accept or take on and able to kill an animal 
Yeah, yeah. And, to, and to do you gotta, the right after things you then. kill it, you gotta you gotta. And processing, you know, it's gross. Yeah, you gotta. I'll, I'll, I'll be you know, honest with you. You gotta fucking take all the innards out. You gotta, you know. You gotta pull those guts out of the process man. it. You gotta, you know. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta real. Do a bunch of, it's like you, you have like there's like a bunch of responsibilities like as soon as you pull that trigger like not even like yeah, yeah like, all the, like all the work begins action. after you kill yeah. the deer. And last year, last year actually, <clears throat> when I went out, I I bought a tag. I was like, oh my god, I have the I have the best opportunity. My buddy was like, hey, I got this place. It's got all these. It's got these tower blinds. It's got tree stands. It's got all this corn like cornfield nearby perfect tons of acreage above the rifle line you can use a rifle and i was like this is awesome bought my tag and we go out there and there's deer everywhere but they're all the size of like german shepherds they're just tiny they're mm. just like the smallest thing and that's how the deer down here are man and, and part of his they're fucking tiny. part part of me was just like you know i haven't i haven't shot you know i haven't had venison in my freezer in in years other than like secondhand mm-hmm. stuff my dad gets, which is always great. But I was just like, if Shout I'm going to do this, I'm and, and, and the place I was at, there's like deer processing places around, but it's also like two hours north of me. So it's just like, they always hang them, skin them, butcher them the night they shoot them. The morning, mm-hmm. night, whatever time it is, they're just like immediately, they have like a food saver kind of thing, uh, yeah. like a Ziploc freeze dry thing. And I'm just like, I was like, man, if I'm going to go through all that work and have like, like a, a house dog sized deer, it ain't worth mm. it. Yeah. And so I paid the, whatever, whatever $70 or whatever the hell it was to process it. No, I paid, I didn't shoot a deer. I, oh, I, you bought I, a tag and didn't I, use pa- it. I passed on everything. Well, good and, for you. And, and I was just like, it's just not worth it. Like I, it, I wasn't looking for a big buck. I mean, you can grease a dough down here and have meat for the whole year. I mean, if you get a yeah. big dough, but I just, I just couldn't do it. I was like, I had, I had plenty that were in range, had crosshairs on them, the whole thing. That was something my buddy's 30 out six and we we're up at a tower blind. I was with him and there was plenty of deer that we were both looking at whispering back and forth. And we hunted three days and we we're just like, man, there's just nothing, you know, and they go out for bow and they got crossbows. I could have, I could have shot, I could have shot a fucking slingshot at a deer. There was, they had so many fucking weapons in that place to gun a deer down with and just didn't do it. And, and it's not because I didn't want to, but I had respect enough to say like, all right, these let them go, let them grow kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There were button bucks. There were small dough, all this stuff. So, but you're listening to responsible thing. hunting on NPR. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Thank you, Aaron. Another excerpt from a hunter who doesn't hunt anymore. And Aaron, I think that's funny. What's up, Dylan? I'm going to say, did you tell your story about your first one yet? No, I haven't yet. And, uh, Fucking sidetrack there, aren't you? And right? I will, and I will now. This is this is at Kelly's mom's house in Wisconsin. Zoom in, little albino or, buck. Is that, a, is that a bino? Albino buck, alpaca bino. Are you? Is it even legal to shoot those in yeah. Wisconsin? Oh, dude. That dude, sure that deer will get stomped by his community for being albino. They do not oh like god. albinos <laughs> in the deer. I swear to God. So yeah, so I'll, I don't. I never. Uh... <laughs> Never killed a deer. No. No. Uh, but you've but, been. I mean, I've been hunting, fishing. I don't. I mean, I just never had an opportunity. You bet. Did you go hunting? You know, like I went, I went out to Chris's camp one year. That was that was actually a lot of fun. I got to experience some of the shit he was talking about with the 
the actual like deer deer camp. That was the only time I've ever. Was uh, there was a few other times that I, I went to the old Hawkins camp, um, RIP. But um, that was like the one time where I went out to a camp and like went hunting. Like when I went to Chris's camp. Yeah. Oh. And then I went and sat in a blind by my one of my old houses one time one season. Didn't see anything. I sat in the fucking blind, you know, baited for a couple months. Like it was pretty much the whole whole thing. I just never saw a buck come in. Ton of doe, tons of doe. Like I think I remember one time, like one night, I saw like eight. There was like eight does just at my bait pile. Just <laughs> nothing. Nothing came in. But doe tag. Yeah, I didn't have one. All I had was the. I think I had a combo. Yeah. I guess you have. Yeah, I guess tell, they're only location based. But sorry. Seeing, seeing as I don't have like a good story to tell, I will tell a story about. Um, good buddy. One of my yours. best friends from the army. I'm trying to find a cool, a good picture you guys might be able to see. But shout out to the YouTube. Oh, oh my gosh, shit, dude. dude! Where did he shoot that swamp donkey? Wow! Upstate New York. New York. Jesus. The crazy thing is, is not only is it just a massive fucking buck. But he fucking shot this with a goddamn bow. This thick boy, wow. really, like two two hundred and seventeen pound, two hundred and seventeen pound twenty oh. point buck. What'd you say? Tw- like you say twenty? Two hundred? No, no, two hundred and seventeen pound. How many points? Twenty point buck. Twenty point. Oh my 20. gosh! I Dude. didn't even count that many. The brow That's ties on that creature. thing were like yeah. fourteen inches long. Jeez. Yeah, is big, big ass deer, dude. Yeah, like, damn. So this dude, like he, like literally, is like in like fucking hunting magazines now. Like his, this deer is in like hunting magazines. Really? That's awesome. Because it was like, and it was, an, it was an archery kill, so it was like a big deal. Yeah. Mm. What What was his name? Does he care? To, I mean, he's in magazines. He shouldn't care, right? No, Colt Russell. Damn. Colt, like the gun Russell. Nice job, Colt. That sounds funny. But nice yeah, buck, dude. Shout out, man. Does he listen? Yeah. Probably not. Oh well, nice buck, anyways. But he's in magazines. I I hope (laughs) we're famous. So congratulations. Oh my gosh! Damn, dude, (laughs) dude, that's a fucking big dude on Google. Fourth one down. I typed in Colt Russell. Fourth one down. Colt Russell, twenty point buck. Dude, see, he's famous. We're famous. This is all good. Outdoor life. That's crazy. I never did that. But anyways, yeah, that's my story. Cool man. Shout out to one of my best friends. Good shit. Oh, Shot yeah. plenty of deer, ate plenty of fish, but just never had the opportunity. To, like I could have, I mean, I could have killed the fucking doe, but I just didn't. Yeah. yeah. Maybe someday we'll all go buck hunting. I would. I honestly like what I kind of like now, like just my like my perspective, and like you know, I don't I don't judge anyone, but like I I really would just want to uh, the type of hunting I want to do. I don't want to like sit in a blind. I want to like go walk and like you go stalk, 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 yeah. stalk a buck. Like, yeah. Do that and. Maybe take up archery, you know, whenever I get enough money to dive into that fucking <laughs> yeah. obsession because it's fucking expensive. Yeah. I'm more of a small game hunter Yeah, these days. Just easier. It is yeah. a lot more convenient to go bird hunt. You just throw, I mean, you keep the gun in the truck and you just take a fucking drive down throw, the trail. Throw a vest on and walk in the woods. Yeah. Maybe. That's the cool thing about like walking and hunting is like you don't need a bait, like you don't need a bull line, you just fucking go and like especially like dude, since it's snowing like tonight, tomorrow would be a perfect morning to go for a walk with a rifle and just see what the fuck happens. Yeah. I know I know I probably won't kill as many deer, but yeah, man, I just be a little bit more enjoyable for me. Maybe we should plan like a late bird hunt on snowshoes or something. 
It'd be fun. Or get cross every, country skis. Get everybody in the mix on on the fucking. Yeah, I'll Facetime you guys. Up north. <laughs> we will. We that can be that can be a pipe dream of ours to to get a camp together. Yeah. Build a camp together, or just get one. Get a shitty little dumpy little joint with with yeah. much land that, on top. That should be our kino fund. Yeah, dude, that's a good point. Stick uh, build. We could make like a barn dominium, just like a big old pole barn. A barn dominium. You gotta buy buy land that is like on the lake or something, dude. That shit's always going up in price. Oh yeah, dude. Make an investment out of it too. I think like four or five ways on it. I think, um, man. I I don't think. I mean, that'd be sick, dude. Got one up in Ontonagon County. Uh, What about those Superior Shores there? Those uh, condominium things that failed at the end of. Oh, the fire steel road there. Yep, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I uh, buy one of those. I want on some lake. out in the woods. If you buy, if you buy a, I don't want yeah. a lake house. Yeah, but clowns. <laughs> dude, if we buy a place on the lake, our ladies will love it. And I want. Then they'll be like, mm, I we'll go on the beach. <laughs> I I just want I just want a place that's like out on the turkey trails, easily accessible, but much land to hunt on for bird, yeah. and and deer. What's the thing about out there is like you're not gonna get too much land. Yeah, that's yeah, true. true. So much off. shit. Like, there's so much public land out there, and yeah. that's and, that's the good thing, though. Oh, I'm saying, like, you can't you can't just like you know, but fucking take a bunch of acres. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm I'd all, rather just buy a forty that I'm butts all, up the state land. I'm all about yeah. having having a pop up too. Just take a backpacking backpack out there, your rifle, sandwiches, enough mm-hmm. enough shit to stay warm, five gallon bucket, pop that fucker down, pop up blind. Shit. That's what I might do this year. That's I might, what I, I do. might. I might go rogue and just try and haul that's some what, out of the woods. That's what I did last year. I did that last year. I found a couple buck rubs and put a pop-up right by the buck rub. And I was like, well, let's see what happens. Didn't see, didn't see anything. But <laughs> oh, God. Not even a doe. Hey, not even a spare it. doe. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't bait, though. I just put estrus up. Yeah. Damn. I guess I'll go into my uh, my first, first and only buck. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it was, I think I was like... 16 or 17 years old and i went out to camp and i was like all right dad i'm gonna hunt on my own i'd gone years prior skipped a few years was into skateboarding wasn't cool enough to be into drugs i guess but skateboarding and and music but um yeah the year the year i went and and gun one down i was sitting in the blind for a couple days i think it was deer season uh opened on like a friday maybe a saturday we got lucky that year and I could look back, but it's not worth it now. But anyways, I went out, sat in the blind. When I walked into my blind uh, uh, before light, I we had a we had a, a bunch of wolves in the area, or at least a couple of wolves that we were aware of. And uh, I walked out there, and sure as shit, in like these little poplar stands that were on the path next to my blind, I hear like crashing through the brush. But I heard it was like a gallop, and so I I had I had my rifle in my hands, safety off. I was ready, but um, it was before first light, so anything that I would have shot would have been in a self defense because I thought it was a wolf. But so I get out there, and this is I had an old Android, like HTC phone, and I didn't have anything to do on, but uh, read Dracula. I read I read Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, <laughs> and and. I was freaked Good out read. enough. Like there would be like chickadees that would land on top of a blind. And for all those listeners that do deer hunt, and for those who don't, if you're in a blind and a bird lands on top of your shitty wooden blind, plywood blind, it sounds like 
and maybe we'll have to cut that. But uh, it it is <laughs> it is the it is the hand. it is the loudest thing on planet Earth. Um, so, anyways, um, I, so I'm sitting in in, in my blind, and um, it's like late afternoon, probably like three o'clock, and I'm like looking through there's like a big bunch of trees right before my bait pile. And there's a couple, there's two trees that are off to the left and they're, they're, they're probably 14 inches in diameter, very tall. Um, and I'm, I'm, there's does on the pile and they're getting kind of spooked chickadees, partridge, turkeys. I mean, there's fucking everything in there. It's a party. And I see a nose stick out on the other side of these two trees towards my bait pile, towards the, the center of my field of vision. And I'm like, okay, there's another deer. I counted the deer that were in there. And this thing takes another step forward. And I can see um, he bends his head down. And it, and it was a buck. And I could see his nose. I couldn't see his eye, but I could see the antler sticking out. And I counted four tines on either side. And I was like, mm. and I, I couldn't see brow tines. I was like, this is either a really nice eight or it's a very young 10 point. And my heart, I, I, I'd never forget this. Cause this is the first real buck I've seen button bucks and spike horns. And I actually passed on them for my first. And I was like, I, I'm just like freaking out. Like I'm just like huffing and puffing. And this deer either must've heard me. He got the me. fever. He thought something was weird. And this deer picked his head up to what his eyeball is still behind the tree. And then I've never seen a deer do this. And given I've only hunted, you know, a handful of seasons, but the deer backed up and he, he didn't even turn around. He just backed up from, from, he sniffed something <laughs> weird and I'm freaking out. I'm like, like Homer oh. Simpson like, backing uh, like, into the bush. Yes, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. So he backs up. I know this sounds like a tall tale, but I'll never forget this. He, he backed up and I'm like, no, do I have to sit another fucking five days for this thing to finally sneak out? And back then I didn't have the patience. Then a four point <laughs> walks into the pile. Perfect broadside. He's standing on top of the pile and I just run one right through. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, I ain't going through this again. I pulled the trigger. <laughs> He ran, he you're ran. like no you're not even nervous yeah you weren't even nervous you're just like motherfucker. yeah i was i was pissed because i was like so impatient at this age at at that age i just i had no yeah. understanding of conservation of waiting it out waiting for that because some guys now they're like they're like they want you to they want the deer to tease them if you get a deer on opening morning at the first light you're just like well fuck the hunt's over i did all this work and i had it was easy you know and and i had none of that in me go, at the time i had none of that in me and and so I grease this thing. Like that combo, bro. And I I you know threw my rifle on my shoulder and uh, and uh, chambered another round and then just walked back to camp. I was and my dad was like, I heard the shot, you know, whatever. We go out there at the sled, track this thing. And like I said, twenty maybe forty yards at most, and just piled up there. And yeah, that was my first year. Yeah. I think it's still in the garage somewhere under the rack. But but yeah, just That's a small good, little basket for. And after seeing, Ooh. you know. And it makes you wonder, Dylan and I actually, I think we were going out bird hunting near my camp. And I don't, I think it was years after that season, but on our way out there, do you remember that buck that, that crossed the road when we were on oh, our way out dude, there? Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> Just a monster. Matt, that was probably that buck, man. 
well i think that was that was years after i think we were in our 20s at that point but regardless that was a big ass fucking deer Dylan and I were crossing the Norwich and hit one of the fucking one, moose, bro. one of the bridges. <laughs> we're coming up this hill, and as we were about cresting the hill at the top of the hill, this deer ran out, and I I tapped the brakes, and Dylan and I's <laughs> jaws dropped to the floor because it was very clearly a ten point. It was like a beautiful, super symmetrical giant rag. Yeah, I didn't see. I don't remember how big it was in the body, but it looked like a big, healthy buck, you know, in the middle of the rut. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know why we were going out there at night. I have no clue, but we were crossing the Norwich at night. But man, <laughs> those ones that like get Should've away, oh, big old swamp donkeys. Yes. So that was my first and only buck story. Passed up on plenty of dough, and I'm a I'm a meat hunter, I guess. When I do hunt, I should say. When I, when I do hunt. Can't eat the antlers. You can't. And so it's always fun to have a big buck when you're in that kind of area. But I've got a couple of buddies that go out on, like, game preserve hunts and shit like this. And they're paying all this money and shit. And they're just like, Dang. oh, yeah, you should have seen these things. It's it's ten grand to shoot that elk. And I'm like, yeah, that fucking elk has never been oh, in Michigan. They brought it in on a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they don't <laughs> yeah. quite understand um you know, the farm raised the wild game. Yeah. But yeah, so I've met a guy one time. He was like, I went, I went ram hunting in Gaylord. And I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> where, yeah. Where, 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 where are they fucking <laughs> next to a Walmart <laughs> in a cornfield behind a <laughs> yeah. Walmart? <laughs> oh yeah. I don't like that. Oh, Green screen. I'm not about, that. I'm not about that. So <laughs> I guess for the listeners, um, if you have friends, family, that are deer hunting and that mow yeah, down a big deer greasy, hunters roundup greasy smelly one um you know uh text it in to us um send in your stats via send our email that we spam stories. constantly um or our twitter mm-hmm. or in my personal dms i'll take them yeah just let's get your name maybe a little bit of a story uh the weight uh field dressed and um you know the antler points and if you want to send a picture that'd be great yeah too. If, if someone has a bigger buck than my friend colt russell Again, I'll say 217 pounds, 20 point buck, and you there's fucking proof of it. I'll Venmo you fucking five dollars. And they get my Kino. I'll give them my Kino. No, wait, I'll Venmo you twenty dollars because that's how many points my buddy my buddy's buck was. (laughs) Oh man. So yeah, yeah, proof though, like legit fucking proof. Yeah, Yeah, 20 20 bucks from Dylan and my Kino winnings. So about three (laughs) dollars. Twenty-three. I don't owe you a fucking dollar, dude. We're we're nickel and diamond each other out here. So I will read um, the last bit of this, um, uh, which is a good, a good uh, boys push for the next, the next generation. So encourage the next generation. This is Sam Ubel's Living Legendary blog on Legendary Whitetails website. He says, encourage the next generation. Don't let deer camp become more of a thing of the past introduce your children to deer camp and influence them with traditions of your own modern day deer registration has already taken away a cornerstone from the structure deer camp was founded upon where visiting the local registration stations has always been a place to see deer taken over the weekend shake hands and tell stories keyboard cowboys have taken their toll on the principles of hunting creating a false perception of standards for what is worthy and what isn't hunting and competition have no relevance as a hunting community i hope we can resuscitate the traditional deer camp and introduce future generations to these topics we continue to write about long live deer camp. Me the people. <laughs> come on now so 
uh, for for a bit about um, what I've been reading about the author Sam Wubel was a Wisconsin native with a passion for outdoor writing, videography, and film production. He balances a 50-50 trade-off between time on the water and spent in the deer woods. If he's not cast, casting for musky in the summer, he's off chasing giant whitetails in the places most aren't willing to go. So, um, yeah, thank, thank you to Sam, Sam Ubel and his incredible blog that he wrote that has got us all fired up for deer season, whether we can hunt or not. Um, but, yeah, that's just been – Man, what a good what a good episode. It's it's got me feeling good even though I can't hunt and maybe I can hunt. We'll we'll determine that. Hey man, that if you get a chance, I don't it worst Go thing you can do is try some public land, man. Just fucking send yeah. it. Yeah, I got slugs. I got slugs lined up. <clears throat> I was ready for last year, but we'll see if, we'll see if I can make it happen. So, no rifle barrel, no. I got I got like about 50. Um, can you gotta, have a rifle barrel under uh, that dumbass line? I think I think you can. It's still a shotgun, but um, yeah, I've got slugs that are good. I don't know if there was like some like, rule, like ooh. up to fifty yards. Yeah, the regulations have been changing. Last year, when I went to buy a tag, I went and bought a tag from Cabela's, which seemed like sacrilege. I should have bought it at a shitty gas station with a Slim Jim and a gotta buy a and, gas and a station diet, tags. <laughs> a diet Coke with a, with a bag of beets and, <laughs> and a fifty pound and bag a chew of corn. for no reason. Yeah, right. But uh, but no, I am. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'll buy a tag. I don't know if I'll 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 get up there. But if I do, it's going to be really last minute, and yeah, I don't really have a plan. So, but yeah, hey, well, I think I'm going to buy one <clears throat> and see what happens. Just go check out some state land. Probably go for a walk. Maybe maybe I'll just take know, a- the sun rises early. So yeah, I'm thinking, and I don't know. Let me look at the calendar here. I think second week. Yeah, I guess I I started the story earlier. And, and straight away, but my dad is notorious for going out on the second weekend of deer camp when everybody's gone, like everybody's just left. They've done their hunting. Maybe they got a buck. Maybe they didn't. My dad will go and fire up the, the, the camp one more time. And he ends up just pulling out just the most ridiculous, like one year he went on the last <laughs> day of rifle and pulled home like a little basket, eight point, just malnourished deer, but it was good eating. Like you said, you can't yeah. eat the antlers. <laughs> putting in work man but hey i guess we will um, i want a good eater buck yeah that is that's 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 the, that's the true honestly man drop a fucking spike or a fucking i will a i will drop a spike four pointer man i prefer a spike or a four yeah don't get I mean, all gamey some of these older guys yeah if, like, I, if i get a young nice lean buck like that my yeah. kids will think it's fucking beef good and healthy yeah and you don't have turn it all into burger deer deer get like lake trout right the older they get the nastier and greasier and gamey they get yeah and the thing is too about the butchering places like the processing places i just learned this is that you know when you kill your deer and bring it to a place to get it processed they process it by weight they it all gets processed and cut up the same so you're not getting your deer back so I definitely want to butcher my own deer this year too. Yeah, which I have no idea. Deer back. There's a lot of. There's a lot they of just. Deer. It's just like they butcher all the deer. They hang them all and they butcher them all at once. They cure them. I feel like if you go to like a different, a little bit more of a mom and pop. What's the word I'm looking for? Like I feel like I feel like you're like at like a big business right now. You know, the mom and pop place that does it around here they just do it all by weight 
Interesting. That's some fucking yeah. That's some well, fucking if they're, crap if they're, shit. If they're giving yeah. you, if they're giving yeah. you minced like burger and stuff, then I would understand just giving you whatever. But well, they're doing burgers and sausage. They also and probably like, and like roasts. They're cutting shoulder roasts and shit like that. They but. also probably assume that you're <clears throat> that you're cutting the back straps out yourself and any any organs. Oh, I would never bring my fucking back straps. I'd never bring a deer in with the back straps. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, hey, we're at no man. Just just find just find a buddy that knows how to fucking do it and fucking give him a thirty pack and help him. I think yeah, I think I just fucking learn how to do it. Look up a couple YouTube videos. That's what I did. I was playing. My dad knows how. Going relatively blind on gotten my uh, first deer without any help other than my friends down here that have done it a couple times, I guess. But well, shit. Although I am blessed by the presence of Scott and John, so (laughs) you are. Oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I was trying. Where are we to, at? I've been trying to, I've been trying, trying to, like to cap it, it off at, a, at, a, at an hour three, just because we're at a really good point. Uh, I know I keep extending it because I'm not you, sure where we're at. Do you guys have any? You guys have any last stories? Any last remarks? No, I'm good. Uh, go Vikings. I can keep going. Go, go Lions. <laughs> yeah, go. Go Packers. Go NFC. Go NFC North. Go NFC North. Right? It was a good week for the NFC North. Yeah, well, good fucking games. Every, the, <laughs> no, it's good for everyone. The Bears lost. Yeah, we can, yeah. man. We can go into football. Yikes. <laughs> well, hey, this has been episode twenty nine of Failure at its finest hour. Like I said, if you got your name, your uh, deer weight, your deer antler points, and maybe a, a photo, we're gonna be a card keep... expiration date and last <laughs> we're gonna be... three on the back of the card. We're gonna be keeping up with uh, deer season amongst oh, our friends. Um, Social so, security hey, number. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Fayfower on Twitter and uh, hit us up with an email. Um, you'll find all of that in the comments. And if you go to Twitter, if you look us up, you'll find us. And shout out to the YouTube. We're all we're all wearing ridiculous outfits, and I'm I'm the the lone survivor. So no, you just you. <laughs> so I don't have anything, man. Figure out its finest hour. Out, dude. I turned. I I turned. Thanks for listening to failure at its finest hour. I saw a dude. There was a dude ripping fucking pills in the back room one time. Thanks for listening to failure at its finest hour. Oh yeah, side story. Remember when we drug all the equipment out of the basketball court behind that place and blew the lid off the town? Thanks for listening. Penguin! It was Penguin! Nice! Another perfect round! Thanks for listening to failure at its finest hour. Distinctively remember getting thrown to the ground when that first one blew up. Thanks for listening.